Welcome to the Geek Teague Podcast, where we're coming to you in the third dimension. We're actually not doing that, but I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Well, I hope we're in the third dimension. I don't... Well, what, you what are, we not, are, are you a two-dimensional person? It, it's an audio medium. Today, we are talking <laughs> about the 3DS console, and we're looking back at it. Um, but before we get into that, we should contextualize here for a second. This was an idea from Rob, and you and I took it right. and kind of uh, expanded it and put a spin on it. So his initial question to us was, it, it was a follow-up to our episode where we talked about how to choose a game console. And he basically said, like, he'd like us to do a follow-up talking about, like, who people who might not care about the latest and greatest, like, what should they look back at? What should they care about for older systems? Which is a great question, you know? Um, and rather than a newer one for, like, multiplayer games and always online and, like, connecting with other people, it's like, what if you're going to, like, take a step back, you know, either you're more price conscious or you just want more, like, historical context or you just don't care about the latest and greatest. That's fine. Yeah. So he said, you know, should we go, like, NES Classic? Should we think about emulators or older systems or, like, some of the just go out and get classic consoles? And you and I talked about this back and forth and kind of looked at it a few different ways. And what we decided to do was we can do a bunch of these lookbacks, I think is what we landed on. Yeah, where we can really look at all of them and kind of, because you and I have experience with all of these consoles, that there is not a game console out there that one of us has not touched and probably played extensively and spent a lot of time with it. So rather than just kind of like, oh, this is what you need to do, we can dive in on these and at least give a real player's perspective to see if that's something that you want and whether... Whether you've ever messed with it or not, you might be able to go back and be like, oh, that's exactly the kind of system I want. Yeah, so that, that's why we're kicking it off with the 3DS. But I mean, basically, these are going to be, we have, especially right now, we're kind of like the dog days of summer. We're getting to the point where the summer slump, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, is definitely in effect. Like, we'll get to a point here in a few weeks where it's like, week after week, we're going to have new stuff to talk about, new games coming out, new media, and then we get into the holidays. And I mean, we'll be fine for a while, but there's always weeks that we land on randomly every once in a while where it's like we could do literally any topic because there's nothing super timely. So we're yep. just going to take these and start putting them in there sometimes, not all the time. But anything that's not a current like modern gen console is kind of fair game. And we're basically going to do our favorite games and favorite recommendations, right? Yeah, where we can talk about the stuff. Like, there are so many games that we could talk about. So we're going to have to narrow it down really to the ones that have, like, kept our attention, given us these memories and stuff that we have gone back and played or stuff that we absolutely will not under any circumstances go back and play because our memories are so good and we will never touch it again and ruin our childhoods. Yeah, so we'll we'll come back to this a few times with a few different looks at it. Um you know, whenever we don't have something more timely to talk about and we feel like doing one. But we're starting with the 3DS and 2DS, really, that whole family of systems, mm -hmm. which we should probably say right up front, if you don't already know, all 3DS and 2DS games can be played on each other. It's one family of systems. The only difference is the screen of the 2DS does not have that 3D element to it. That's like the only difference. Well, there's one caveat on that where the new 3DS, the one actually branded new 3DS, has games that none of the other ones can play except for the new 2ds stuff like xenoblade chronicles 3d but Confused. just a few it's only a couple games it's only yeah. like a handful if even so for the most part we're f fine right right yeah mostly okay. it, you don't have to worry about it and they play regular ds games yes this is true too so why are we starting with this well it's almost dead as a console, but it's not quite dead. It's a last-generation console, technically, at this point. But it's still really good, and it's still, like, fairly recent. 
Um, it's portable, which you and I both love. And it's like, yes. I always think it's easier to get into portable gamer gaming if you've been away from gaming for a while because you can take it anywhere with you and it's just easier to pick up and play than if you're not used to sitting in front of a TV to play games. Yeah, and it's something where you're not changing your lifestyle, you're not changing your habits, but you're bringing that into what you're normally doing and then you can get used to kind of doing that i know with like katie whenever she was picking out the switch that that's a good thing for her to be able to carry that with her and go places and that's a that's a big deal for some people like you said i know it is for me yeah well and the other thing is that it's close enough to being a dead system that we can recommend our favorite 3ds games and we know that the list probably won't change from here on out and that's both sad and great because like i'm still buying 3ds games this is still an active system for me it's the newest system that I've bought actually I bought a full 3DS a full new 3DS so I could play these games on it and I play it recently more than I am my Switch yeah that's that's interesting because like mine is in the closet and I haven't touched it in I don't know how long it's been a while like it's I've retired it basically I'm not going to get rid of it because I hold on to my old consoles because they're cool um and I love the 3DS as a system but I've kind of moved on from it but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's still easy to recommend because there's so many good games. And it's a good system because like Nintendo handhelds are always a good system. You know, looking back on my whole history of playing game consoles, um, Nintendo handhelds have been this like constant thing in my life for basically as long as I can remember. Since my mm-hmm. grandparents gave me like my very first Game Boy when I was, I don't even know how old, I was a kid oh, for sure. That's awesome. You got a game that your grandparents gave it to you? Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, That's like awesome. the original Game Boy, you know, like the gray brick one. Oh yeah, and we were poor, so I didn't get one for a, for a little bit after it came out, but the original Game Boy I wanted so badly that I would call in every afternoon. Do you remember when like Fox TV had stuff out for friend, uh, for kids, and you would call in and try to win if you were the certain caller? Uh, like Ours was Channel 17, so you had to be the 17th caller in on uh, the TV network out of Nashville, and I was trying so hard every single day from school to try to win me a Game Boy, and I never got it. Uh, I got one eventually, and like you said, it's been there ever since with a nintendo handheld like it is with me something every trip i've taken since then in some way or some form or fashion yeah and this is like a particularly good nintendo handheld they're all good i've liked them all um but this has got to be one of my all-time favorite consoles and it has options it has the 3d options it has 2d options um you know i have like a 3ds xl which was great i loved it and then my kids still play on their 2ds's all the time and it's like there's just so many options out there for this one so you can kind of find whatever works for your price point and whatever you're going for, right? Like if you want to get it for your kids, you go get a 2DS and you get the base model because it's made of plastic and they're going to drop it and it's going to be fine. You and know? it it's hard to break that we we did that. We lent ours. We have a, a 2DS. Well, it's Jennifer's. It was her birthday present one year. And we've lent it to our eight-year-old nephew. We have beaten this thing up we've dropped it and just thrown it places it still works just fine like there's a little bit of grime around the touch screen because we haven't cleaned it and it's there we just play it but it's great like jennifer's still playing it she was playing the old incredibles game on it uh just a couple of weeks ago before the movie came out it's it's great and and it's a brick i mean when i say it's a brick like like you said you can't break it really yeah well and like there's so many different types that are out there too yes you can 
you can really like you can go get the more like collector models that are like a, a unique design or they're limited edition or you can just go and spend less money and just get like whatever they have in the store the day that you walk in like it's very easy to get this system yep. at whatever price point you're after and i mean you can get the the big one that doesn't isn't the clamshell for i think 60 dollars now that it's like i think the base price is either 69 or 79 dollars maybe maybe 59 i don't even know right now but you'll catch them on sale very very uh, often and even the new 2ds the 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 it's a clamshell 2ds it's 129 base right now which is what close to what the original 2ds came out at i think it was 99 originally or maybe it was 129 the other thing that you mentioned, but like we're probably not going to dwell on a whole lot for this episode, is that it's completely backwards compatible with the Nintendo yeah. DS, so the original DS. So you can put any of those games into this, and it plays it just fine. So it's kind of like you're getting two Nintendo handhelds in one, which is awesome. And it's let me play Chrono Trigger. That was my favorite thing. That was why I cared about the DS stuff on it. I haven't played a lot of them, but uh, Chrono Trigger I played on the 2DS, and it was it was delightful. Yeah, so... Let's get into like our favorite games from this almost dead system, not quite uh, dead all the way. I have a big list, so I pulled out a couple to talk more about, but I have a bunch okay. I can fly through quick. Do you have a few that you wanted to just like touch on before we go deeper? Uh, probably the main one that I just wanted to touch on was Super Scribblenauts. Have you ever played any of the Scribblenauts games? I have. It's been a while. I don't think I played it on this. I might have played on the original DS, but I definitely have played Scribblenauts somewhere at some point. And they're, Jennifer loves them. Like, that was why we actually got the... Actually, no, I don't think you played it on the... I think it actually came out on the uh, 2DS, because that's why I bought the... Or the 3DS, because that's why I bought her the 2DS, was to play Scribblenauts, because uh, that was what she wanted. And it was... It's just this word game where you're solving puzzles and writing all the words and you summon whatever you write. And they've gotten kind of repetitive over the years, but those first couple were just really, really fun to play. And if you've never played a Scribblenauts game, pick up Super Scribblenauts. It uses adjectives as well, like you can summon a rainbow unicorn instead of just a unicorn, or Scribblenauts Unmasked. It's uh, DC Comics based, so you can summon a uh, fiery Batman or or something like that and it'll it'll summon batman on fire and uh you can fight people that way and solve the puzzles there it's pretty cool like that was that was really the first game that we got into the system for and it's still one of those really fond memories that's fun to go back and play a little bit so i have a bunch of ones that i can kind of glaze over but are worth mentioning um so steam world heist it was on the 3ds first and oh. i have a couple games pulled out that are 3ds first which are now a bunch of consoles but they're worth mentioning here so steam world heist it's a really cool 2d side scrolling like strategy trajectory turn-based game it's it's an interesting blend of a lot of things but it's a steam world game they always do good stuff with steam world games and you and i have talked about that one on the show before so I can easily recommend that. Um, there's Bravely Default, which you and I have talked about at length on past right. episodes, like the JRPG one, but it's a good JRPG, easily recommended. It's the best Final Fantasy game that's come out in a long time, and it's not a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, exactly. There's New Super Mario Brothers 2, so if you want to have a 2D Mario game, that's the main one on the system. There's Mario Kart 7, which is a precursor to Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's I've essentially... Never played it. Well, it's 
So the thing is, it's essentially all of the modern things that 8 and 8 Deluxe do, but like one step back, but not in a bad way. It's just handheld. And it's like when they first introduced a lot of the the very modern things to the game, um, but they're all there. They're all in some form in Mario Kart 7. So like it's still fun to go back and play. Um, There's Animal Crossing New Leaf, which is probably the best Animal Crossing game out there. Uh, It's the one that I played the most ever out of all the Animal Crossing games. There are two different sets of Pokemon games. So Pokemon X and Y and then Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, You know, the latest and greatest games are still on the 3DS until the new Pokemon game hits on the Switch this fall. Well, yeah, so these will still be like evergreen and good forever because it's a Pokemon game. But you were also going to say that. And also Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby are on there because I was playing Omega Ruby. That was actually the system that I got. So there was the remake of uh, Sapphire and Ruby as well. and They're great. Yeah, so there's really three different generations of Pokemon games on the 3DS, which is sweet. There are the newest Layton games, so if you are a puzzle game fan and you've ever gotten into the Professor Layton series or ever wanted to, there's a few of them that are on 3DS, and then all of the earlier ones are on the DS. So you could play like the entire Professor Layton series on this because of the backwards compatibility. And then Pocket Card Jockey. Do you remember, <laughs> I remember me you telling about me about this? Yeah. Okay, so it's still probably the best like one of the best card-based video games that i've ever played you ride a horse by playing solitaire and you race it in like horse races i don't know i don't remember why there's like magic or something and the guy who wants to be a horse racer isn't good at racing horses but he's really good at solitaire so your solitaire turns into horse racing it's fantastic i love that game so if you get the system you should definitely at least look at pocket card jockey because i'm serious it's a really really good game and then um, just listen to you describe that and i've heard it all before like we had a long discussion on it a long time ago but just that description hit me the wrong way this time and it's wonderful i love it it's a good game and then um kirby planet robobot so like uh, you know kirby games they're hit and miss for me but like my daughter loves them a lot of people out there love kirby games you can get a kirby kirby game or two i think they're like two unique ones for this system um yeah there's there's some triple deluxe Yep. Yeah, exactly. So those are like the quick hit ones that I have. I have like a couple more like in-depth recommendations to get into, but I wanted to hear what you had first. Like the uh, the really the main one for me is Xenoblade Chronicles. Like it came out and uh, a long time ago and was a remake of the Wii game. And it took me a long time. Y'all have heard me talk about this a lot, but that is probably the best 3DS game that I've played. And I say that in in kind of quotes because it's it's not the most fun that I've had, but just in terms of overall production quality, everything else, it's like it's a it's just a complete full experience. Like it's great, but you have to have the new 3DS to play it, um, and it's definitely a console port. I mean, there's no way around it, but it's it is awesome and i know you won't ever play it because you don't like just sitting and watching cutscenes and listening and everything because nope. it's got the same thing as xenoblade 2 so i mean it just it's a not as good version of xenoblade 2 so you really won't won't like it uh anymore <laughs> okay. and i know you've played part of it before and bounced off you'll bounce off hard again if you try it again but um probably the the other one that i would say just to really go in depth on would be uh dragon quest 8 it is so good that the it used to be a ps2 game and i was looking at it and i I never cared about it on the ps2 they've made a pc port or a 
not PC port, uh, mobile port of it where it's portrait mode and you it's basically on auto run and you play it and it's supposed to be okay but not great. But the Dragon Quest VIII 3DS make, remake is just just brilliant. It has all sorts of extra characters and content that they didn't have anywhere else. The only problem that I've read about was the soundtrack wasn't orchestral. Uh, and it uh, you can tell that the I'm not a music person in games usually. I'll either keep it low or off or like sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. It has to be really, really good for me to notice it. This one was mediocre enough that I noticed it. That it was out of place in the game. And it was weird like that. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, like, it wasn't bad. It just felt like it could have been better. And then I read on, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's why they, they kind of had to, to dumb down the sound for the system uh, to get everything else in it. And it's just, it's one of the best JRPGs I've played maybe ever, just because it's so complete. Like, it's just, I've heard it called the Final Fantasy VII of the Dragon Quest series, and it really hurts me when people say that because of uh, how I feel about Final Fantasy VII most of the time. Like, it's way overhyped. But this one was super good, that it was my introduction to the Dragon Quest series. And if you want to spend, like, 60 hours and not really realize it on a game, Dragon Quest VIII on this. 3ds is absolutely great and it's just really basic jrpg i mean there's not really anything special about it there's no ridiculous systems you just get some skill points that you put in different areas and you level them up to 100 that's the system and then you have turn-based combat but it's so much fun like it's just a good game and um i think that's what i like handheld systems for the most are remakes of really good games that you can take with you like that's why i like chrono trigger on it uh for the ds that i played on it like i don't have to sit in front of my tv i can play chrono trigger anywhere i want and that's i think what i like is seeing those old games i never got to play or didn't play or want to play again in a new better version uh that i can carry with me wherever i go and that's really what dragon quest 8 was i'm i'm having a lot of fun with earthbound like earthbound's weird and i can't play it for very long at a time but it's on the virtual console uh just for the new 3ds but since i grabbed it uh grabbed a new 3ds to play xenoblade i figured i might as well and it's not quite as magical as it was when i was a teenager but once i get further into it i'll prob i probably will but it was just a little slower than i thought i remembered it being but it's still just as weird and goofy and the writing is is just as funny as it ever was and just this surreal thing so if y'all have never played earthbound on the 3ds do it cool and well obviously bravely default i see on your list because right. we've talked about that at length and then a couple others that we'll, <laughs> well get to in a second because yeah. they're on my list too i know um but so a couple that i want to call out like more in depth uh super mario 3d land is such a good 3d level-based mario game and i know you and i talked about this when odyssey came out last year yeah where um, Odyssey is like kind of that exploration vein of Mario games, but there's a whole other one that's more level based. And those are kind of the ones I always find myself um, 
going yeah. back to and like drawn to over time. I enjoy the exploration games when they're in front of me, but I never really want to revisit and like relive in that world. Whereas I'll go back and I'll beat a level based Mario just randomly every once in a while. And I think that Super Mario 3D World is still my favorite Mario game out there. Oh, wow. Um, more like more than Odyssey easily for me. And th- Super Mario 3D Land, the one on the 3DS is the precursor to that game. You can see how they took this as a stepping stone on the way to that game on the Wii U so this is probably my favorite Mario on a handheld device is Hmm. Super Mario 3D Land so I have to call it out because it's so good and I've never played either of those that I've still not touched one of the 3D Mario World or Land it's something that I want to do and I really I have it sitting in the other room where I borrowed Mario uh, Super Mario 3D World and I haven't played it like if it's that good you should it's my favorite mario game at this point in the world wow. um it's really really good uh so the legend of zelda a link between worlds is my favorite zelda game right beneath breath of the wild so breath of the wild took the number one spot when that came out but i really like this zelda game and it's a more traditional style zelda game you know it's yep. not open world in the same way breath of the wild is which is that's kind of the new direction it feels like they're taking zelda in a new way you know but in the old style of zelda games the classic one that like everything else was made in um this is my favorite one is on the 3ds so a link between worlds is just so good and it's the direct sequel to link Link to to the the past Past. yep or is okay i didn't remember i I was thinking it was direct sequel instead of just like spiritual successor and i haven't played this one either (laughs) i need to play this one and i haven't mainly because of when i thought about it i was just coming off of breath of the wild and i figured that i would hate it coming off of it so now enough time has passed that i can go back and play one of the old style zeldas and be okay you should it's a great game and then okay so shovel knight so i saved these because like a lot of these games i'm talking about right now are some of my favorite games of all time like at this point in my life right um shovel knight it came to the 3ds first you can play shovel knight on like anything now because they keep releasing it other places but 3ds was i think the first console it came to if not it was in the first wave of consoles that it was released on and it's probably one of my favorite games of all time at this point and i think it is Man, I think it is just mildly okay. I played it and I got a little while into it. Okay, and put it down. Like I don't care to ever play a shovel knight game again. What was so good about it to you? Like I don't, I don't, I don't think I get it. It's the way that you remember, like the nostalgia in your mind for some of the older like action style games that are like action platformers, basically. This nails them, but in a way that it actually matches to your nostalgia. Because if you go back and play ones from, you know, like NES and Super right. uh, Nintendo system, they just don't hold up the way that you hope they would. Some of them do, some Super Nintendo games especially. But in general, if you're going back to really old games that you remember um, like vividly in your mind, they never measure up to what you're actually no. thinking of. Like no, those, you know, rose tinted glasses. And Shovel Knight plays like those are remembered does that make sense yes and that yep because it does you're absolutely 110 percent right because i played it and i was like oh yeah this plays like castlevania and or this plays like Mega Man or whichever like it plays like one of those i'm like i'm not in the mood to play a retro game right now and like it's fine it's good but you're right that is 
I haven't gone back and played like old original Mega Man and old original Castlevania in a long time. So it matches those memories. So I'd never really thought about it in that perspective before. Like that's yeah. I, I think it's one of my favorite games because of when I grew up, grew up, and when I played the games that I played at the ages I played them. I don't expect it to be anybody else's like one of their favorite games, but just because of where I landed with gaming at the time that I did, this one has floated to the top because it feels like those that have a special place in my heart, but right. I hate to go back to those games. I totally see that. Now, now I understand that. I get that and I can appreciate that because if it was just that game on its own, no, I really don't understand. Which I still think it's a good game on its own more than it's, you do, it's but fine. I, that's not why I hold it up so okay. high. Okay, okay, that totally understand it yeah so the the last one that i want to dive more deep in is uh fire emblem awakening and then fire emblem Mm. fates because fire emblem was a game that i always kind of wanted to get into and never could i just couldn't get any purchase on it to really like dig in until fire emblem awakening and now it's probably one of my favorite nintendo series out there and I just I love Fire Emblem. I mean, that's probably come through on the podcast over the last couple of years. But <laughs> no. uh, Fire Emblem Awakening was my gateway to that, you know, and that was not long before we started the podcast. Like, I know one of the recent episodes, you're like, oh, yeah, you were always a Fire Emblem fan. But I, I wasn't, you know, I never played any of the earlier games. I think Awakening came out in 2012 and I didn't play it right away. I played it like a year after, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, maybe two years after. And then Fire Emblem Fates was the follow-up to that. So they improved on all the systems and they built out the story. And it's really like three games in one because there's three entire campaigns in it. So that was giving me more of what I loved and kind of reinforcing it and building on it. So both of those together are fantastic. Fire Emblem Fates has two base games you can buy. You can either buy Birthright or Conquest. And either one of them gives you the option to download the other one for a discounted price, basically. Oh, and I didn't know that. Can, That's cool. Yeah, and then you can also download the the third campaign, which is, I'm not going to remember it off the top of my head, but um, it's like the middle path between the two because it's like two warring houses. So those mm-hmm. are the two main campaigns. And then there's kind of this like middle ground where you can bring everybody together and have characters from the two different campaigns interact, which is really, really cool. I remember you playing that one and talking about it, basically where you play the two and it was uh, basically this, uh, I don't even know, it's like you said, it's the, the middle path, but it makes everything make sense. Like the things that you uh, that you see from one perspective to the other, it's kind of like watching the Last Jedi and you see all the different perspectives that Luke attacking uh, uh, Ben doing that, like spoilers, uh, but... That, that's what I think of with that where I mean like it's the reason why I'm so excited for the Fire Emblem game on Switch that's coming out is because of those two games from the 3DS which is not that long ago at all so I have to call that out it's just like it's such a good game and it got me into a new series and it's a classic in my mind now I look forward to the next one I haven't played any of the others and it's not that I don't want to they look really good they look exactly like my kind of game I just haven't done it and it, I wasn't in the mood for strategy RPGs when I was going through my JRPG binge and but when I saw the video of the Switch version I got really excited because it's different but it looks like the kind of thing I want to play. Broad strokes recommendations for the 3DS it's just that like the whole 3DS 2DS family has so many great games from almost every genre on the market right now that there's something here for most people is like yeah. the core thing which is one of the reasons we want to do this one first because it has such a wide appeal and 
there are just so many games that I could have added to this list, but we didn't want this to turn into a three-hour show, and I could do <laughs> entire episodes on some of these games individually, too, which I'm not ruling out in the future, but not for right now, not for the purposes of this episode. And I didn't even mention, like, all of the great remasters, re-releases, multi-platform games that are on the 3DS. So to go over those super quick, some of the top-of-mind ones, like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Donkey Kong yep. Country Returns, Xenoblade Chronicles, which you mentioned, uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team, uh, Dragon Quest Eight, which I know you mentioned, like Radiant Historia, Monster Hunter Generations. And that's just like a sampling, right? There are tons and tons of other multi-platform games that have come out on the 3DS. Yeah, they do. the Like I said, one of my favorite things are the remasters that they do and bring them back. It It's great. And with Monster Hunter Generations, you can actually take your save game on it and import it in to the switch they said when the generations ultimate or whatever it's called comes out on the switch that you're going to be able to use your your 3ds saves to do something with it at least cool no no i didn't know about that that's pretty sweet yeah so i don't know if it has to be a complete file because i know you never got all the way through it uh, because you always bounced but there there's something that you can do with the switch version when you try it and i mean i look like donkey kong country returns is is great because it's the precursor to Tropical Freeze. It's just a good Donkey Kong Country game. And uh, like Tales of the Abyss is another one that I really, really, really enjoyed on this because when I discovered I loved that series again, a lot of people said that the one on the 3DS, Tales of the Abyss, uh, in the Tales of series, was the best one. And when I started playing it, the one thing that I've noticed about it, like it is fantastic. It is so much fun to play. The story is is pseudo-sci-fi fantasy, just exactly like I like that kind of uh, sci science fantasy and the main character in it i despise like you're supposed to like he is horribly annoying and terrible and the story is about him becoming a better person and is about him realizing how utterly obnoxious he is and it's it's really interesting because every time he speaks you hate him and then you keep playing because of all these other characters yelling at him for being terrible. And I thought it was really well done. And it's something I haven't seen in a game outside of uh, that one in particular on the 3DS. And that's the only console it's on. And it's considered widely one, like the best or, or one of the top two best in the series that spans like 30 years now, something like that, 20 years. Well, yeah, and it's just a good JRPG system in mm-hmm. general, too. Like, there's yeah. lots and lots of not only, like, A-tier JRPGs, but, like, a lot of B-tier games out there that you and I haven't mentioned. Oh, but yeah. if you want that, if you're open to just JRPGs in general, this might be, like, the best system for you, mm-hmm. honestly, right now. Yeah, I mean, you've got things like the... The 2DS, not the 3DS, but the, the not the, even 2DS, the Nintendo DS had Dragon Quest IX, which has one of the best job systems in any game, and it was just a DS game that the Shen Megami Tensei has pretty much everything that they've done recently on the 3DS, that if you're a Persona fan and you've ever wanted to go back and try any of the uh, actual Shin Megami Tenseis or the the side games, the kind of offshoots like, uh, what is it, Devil's Summoner and the, I There's can't remember, like Soul them. Hackers. There's <laughs> bunches of those and like they're on the 3ds and i found out like i'm really intrigued because i I, it's like called persona q that was released on the 3ds that takes characters from persona 3 and persona 4 and gives them a side story together on the 3ds and it's done in chibi style 
and it's the only Persona game that's on the 3DS that isn't, you know, there's not any, they're all, the rest of them are Shin Megami Tensei games, and the only Persona one is Persona Q, and it is a blend of three and four in the style of one of the spinoff games that in Chibi style. It's it's weird, and I want to play it just to see. But they've said that if you like the, the characters, that's great. There's just tons great. of those. Yeah. Tons and tons of like those type of uh, JRPGs that are out there. Kind of experimental JRPGs. Yeah, in a lot of ways. And just like Atlas Games and like, I don't know, there's a bunch of publishers out there that like just crank out JRPGs. And if you're into that, you know who they are. And they've released so much for the 3DS over time. And the other thing, like putting the list together here was just realizing that what we ran into here with like the DS backwards compatibility is something that as we go back and do other Nintendo handhelds, we're going to run into with almost every single one because the DS had backwards compatibility with the Game Boy Advanced and the Game Boy Advanced had backwards compatibility with all the Game Boys before it. And the Game Boy Color had backwards compatibility with the original one. It's like Nintendo just builds this into their systems, but it's something that can't be underemphasize the fact that not only do you have access to the entire 3ds library you also get access to the whole ds library yep and i'm looking over at my shelf right now and i have to correct myself i was wrong scribble knots and super scribble knots were original ds games you were right okay well that's fine um so i think like that's basically what we wanted to talk about for the 3ds but you know if you're not going after those current gen systems I would probably recommend the 3DS before I would recommend any other console at this point. Yeah, really, I would. I mean, as much as we talk about the Vita being fantastic and have have talked about it in the past on the show being just great, and it is, the 3DS, I have both of them. And even though the, the Vita has all sorts of JRPG stuff on it, and that's really what that console is great for. I've ended up playing the 3DS. I bought this one and and don't regret it at all, spending the money and splurging on it. Uh, That if you're going to be spending a lot of time gaming, you can get a lot of gaming in for a really, really good value with a 3DS these days. You can get games cheap. Yeah, sweet. There you go. There's our recommendation, Rob. Go get a 3DS. Um, (laughs) But we're going to come back to this topic with other systems, other consoles over time. Uh, We'll be back to it because we both really like this idea, and I can just tell it'll come up again. Um, I'm not sure what the next system will be, but you'll find out when we find out, basically. Uh, With that, it's probably time for Geeky Offer of the Week. So we've got a Patreon, you guys. Um, We have talked about it in the past a couple of weeks ago, but we have a couple of rewards I think you guys would like. Um, If you donate, uh, if you become a patron, we have a special role that you become a patron saint of geekery on our discord server and you can upload your own emoji so you know that that's fun and you get a purple name which is all fancy and we have the patreon lens where you get to see me trying to experiment with kind of a snapchatty type story thing and it's all weird and i'm probably making a fool out of myself so you know that you want to support us in doing that and you want to support me making a fool out of myself so you can go to patreon dot com slash geek to geekcast and look at all of it and uh, see what all we've got going on and support the podcast it would be fantastic if you would and because we also have uh, some people who have taken us up on this offer uh, I have some real nice thank yous that I have to give out this week so Joseph and Chocobo Chica thank you it's real nice of you to support us like this I really appreciate it it's real nice of you you get extremely southern when you do thank you it's very interesting well, i do it um, on purpose i mean that is my uh, exaggerated uh re- 
ridiculous southern accent. That's my real if you nice would like thank a you. Southern thank you. The, the, you have that waiting for you if you join their <laughs> Patreon. Um, you do. Not to mention the other stuff on the network. So uh, this week on Geekitude with uh, Joe and Ray, they talked about Comic Con, which was really interesting to hear because Joe and Ray have both gone to Comic Con many many times over the years ray as like an artist and for work more and joe as a fan for like a long time so hearing their perspective is always fantastic and then tea time with katie and chelsea they did uh one of their like not quite book club but they like talk about a book that's going to be made into a motion picture called what was it this week crazy, crazy rich, rich asians. asians yeah um so that was interesting to listen to it's always cool when they dive into a book like i always appreciate when anybody does that and then bloggist of course we talked about it a few times it's still going on it's not too late to join but you can go to agronaut.com if you want to start a blog or a uh, a stream or anything any kind of content creation that you just want to get into and you want a supportive community that's the whole idea with bloggist is to like kind of rebuild this community that we used to have with blogging that we've lost along the way so yeah. again agronaut.com is a great place to go or you can reach us to, out to one of us to get the links to yep. um with that probably time for weekly geekery what do you have this week uh so i'm playing a lot of world of warcraft um it, like, i noticed a, a i'm lot. kind of I, I shake my head, but I'm also happy for you. It's like, it's a really weird mix of emotions. It is. It always is. Like, wow, is a really weird mix of emotions for me on at any given time. I told my wife that I was playing and that I'd re-upped my subscription. And and her response was, but you hate wow. And I laughed and I was like, I only sometimes hate wow. And it, it, it's really strange because she said, if you get into a bad mood, then you're not playing anymore. And, and she says that in the most loving way possible because sometimes when I'm playing world of warcraft it puts me in a really really terrible mood like when i'm progression rating or whenever i'm really grinding something out that's just not fun and i feel like i have to do it that's when i stop enjoying it and right now there's so much stuff that i'm actually just enjoying and uh because i was in the the huge depression because of my mom for like the last few months it's it's great to come out of that kind of cave of my jrpgs and really be social like talking with people on the communities that we have in game and and talking to our listeners like that and my friends here uh they're all my friends now we're talking and playing wow together and getting on the discord and having tons of of discussion on our discord server uh, about world of warcraft and just tons of other things but like we're having great discussions on wow and like one of our listeners demai went out and invited me to one of his guild's friends and family runs of getting the new mount that's going away next tuesday uh the violet spell wing like he just uh dm'd me on patreon one night and said hey are you going to be around and i'm like yeah i just got home and got me this uh special violet spell wing mount which i'm not going to be able to get after next week that i have no way of getting uh outside of that so like super thank you for that and uh like but wow and our our discord community is great like it's growing and uh like we're all playing wow together so you should play wow with us void no i'm not it's going not gonna to, happen but... no i know it's no. not <laughs> no um we started the good place again season three of it is coming up and we've been watching some like uh develop uh, de developer interviews uh which is what it feels like the the comic-con panel that came out this year that they just got finished with from the good place is put up in its entirety on youtube and they've done a good place podcast which i'm gonna listen to soon but the main thing was this uh uh sdcc panel with everybody like listening to the creators on why he created this show makes it like it's it is one of the smartest shows on tv and it really was a way for him to just kind of 
do these real this really smart show about ethics and this thought experiment and do something really funny with it because if you take it too seriously it's terrible but if you put it in a really surreal atmosphere like people can learn things and it's it was just really interesting on how he did it and uh, mike sure did it who was like the office and parks and rec uh this is his new one and it's it's fantastic uh so we started re-watching it to go into season three so that we can catch everything that's going on. Uh, so we're, we're super excited about it uh, because it's, it is, it may be the best show on TV right now. So I also watched power Rangers, the movie uh, finally got around to it and it's awesome that it is so so good like it was so much better than i expected and i kind of expected what you did out of like the new independence day movie or this last jurassic world kind of going in it's a a silly action movie they they play you know power rangers theme and and they they do their thing but they actually had character development in this one, and it surprised me that they didn't fall back on just stereotypes and just archetypes, that they gave these characters enough depth to be people. Like, it's not what I expected out of a Power Rangers movie, like with Zack having a sick mom at home, and then it's showing him spending quality time with her, and that being a major part of his character. Watching that also made me realize that the guy who plays Jason, that first, the the, the Red Ranger, is also... Also, and I can't remember his name, the new guy who came in season two uh, as the foil for Steve in Stranger Things, uh, the guy with the mullet and uh, the, the the hot rod car. The I just don't remember his name, but I love him as Jason. Like it was great, and I hated even looking at him in Stranger Things. So it's really funny that he's such a good actor that uh, that I could buy him in both roles. That I really truly loved it, and I cannot wait for a sequel on it. Like I really really loved it i liked it i thought it was a good movie i don't think i liked it as much as you did but no. i would definitely watch a sequel if it came out and i know that uh, chris one of our listeners was talking to us about it and he's a huge super sentai fan and so every time i see anything about that i think of him and he and him talking about that has made me go read up on a lot of super sentai stuff and it's just really interesting because i know how much he loves it and uh every time i mention it on twitter he chimes in and so i can have some great discussions with him and other people about the power rangers that i've never had before so it makes me really really happy so it's it's really cool i hope they make a sequel to it and then i also ended up moving all of my blogs back to geek fitness uh, i decided to keep going with the uh, geek fitness thing that even though the uh, i was going to do the professor beach is awesome thing um i there was something that was brought up to me over the week uh, by blizzard that made me rethink that and just finally move back to where i've been for the last few years turns out when you try to change your battle tag to beige that it considers it profane yeah and, i saw that i saw yeah. that you mentioned that so i'm glad that like you're going back to geek fitness i think it's in, like all encompassing enough for you that you can write anything on it which right. like if you are thinking about doing bloggist or even if you don't but you want to do a blog in the future or some kind of content creation in the future unless you have a really like solid core idea that you know you can stick with forever i always recommend doing something that not generic but generic enough that you can do anything under that like property basically right which is why my 
my blog is a green mushroom like i can write whatever on there it's mostly video game stuff but it's not always and at this point it's mostly just me putting like the podcast on there every week because that's where my creative energy goes but i think geek fitness is enough you but also enough like geek stuff that you can just do whatever you want on there and that can kind of be the home for everything right and that that's kind of what i'm thinking it's kind of what i wanted to do initially and really never did like i never really felt comfortable with doing really geeky stuff and just this week i've decided like i've posted this week about lessons i've learned from blogging because of bloggist and redoing a post i'd done years ago and then writing about world of warcraft today and like now i'm gonna have uh tomorrow i just i actually re-upped the re-upped relaunch completely the geek fitness podcast that's all i'm calling it is just the geek fitness podcast uh i decided to use anchor.fm for that because it's a completely free uh podcast host and um i'm really excited uh there's something coming up and i can't say anything but um I'm launch- it's officially going to launch. Like I- I'm getting episodes up this week. So by the time you guys are listening to this, I will officially launch it on Thursday, like, like with stuff, uh, with anchor. And I've, it's really, hmm. I'm excited for it. I-, I know that like you're bringing it back. I'm excited to see what form it takes. You'll have to just like regroup after it's launched and you can talk about it more. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I do like that platform. You know, I, you and I talked about it before, and some of us on Slack had discussed it. But using it, it's actually good for someone who is going in like casually like this, where I'm I'm doing it, and uh, it, it, it's perfectly fine for people who aren't casual. But there are a lot of resources on there that I've taken advantage of of just putting this up like it is, and I really like the app so far. Like I've listened to podcasts through that app uh, just over the last few days, and I like it too. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I I've had a couple weeks since I was out last week. Um, I guess probably the main thing that I did was work. I'm not going to talk about that in my geekery, but <laughs> because of that, like I don't have as many in-depth things as I normally do. The main thing that I did do like more of was ESO. So I kind of beat Elder Scrolls Online. I didn't really, but like in my mind, I always like draw a line in the sand at some point with an MMO and say, okay, I beat it. I can move on to the next thing because mm-hmm. I like to finish things. Like yes. I'm an explorer in games, but I'm also very much an achiever. And if I don't have that end point, I will just sour on a game to the point where I don't like it anymore. Um, So for ESO, it was, you know, I beat Somerset content and then I tried the main quest for a while. Um, I got into the Thieves Guild until it turned into grindy, like until the MMO part reared its head. Right. I know I talked about that, but then the Dark Brotherhood, the same thing happened. I got into it. I was enjoying the story. It got to the point where it was grindy and I was like, okay, I'm done with that. Um, So really, I was close enough to hitting the level cap that that was kind of the mental line that I drew for myself as finishing was hitting the level cap. So I hit level 50. um, I started getting the alternate advancement points that in this game are called like champion levels or champion points cp i think is what it is um so really i got a solid month out of elder scrolls online and i liked it and i liked it a lot but i could tell if i kept going at the rate i was going i would probably start to turn on the game and i didn't want to do that so i canceled my subscription i got like almost exactly 30 days of play out of it and the thing is i can easily see myself returning to this in the same way that i return to final fantasy 14 when a new expansion comes out you know so there's going to be some point in the future whether it's a year or a couple years out or the next expansion that comes out for eso where i will return to this world whether with the same character or whether i start a new one Mm. Um, i don't know we'll see what happens at the time but i know that if i stopped where i stopped that i will be 
interested enough to come back at some point which was kind of my goal and when you uh did that you played a warden right that's what you started and played with no no i oh. played a. Oh, i'm so bad at remembering the classes in this game i think it's like a night blade or something it's basically oh, okay. the rogue analog i actually and i i didn't I don't. I didn't like it. I started that one. I did not like playing it, and I actually went back and played a warden because I had it unlocked somehow on my PS4 version. And you and I had talked about it kind of being the the newbie friendly one that you could do roughly anything uh, and just kind of move into the content with it. And it's a lot of fun to play. That uh, you were absolutely right. So whoever told you about that, I want to thank because it was super fun uh, getting it because it comes with the PS4 version because i think it has morrowind built in yeah probably somebody on the agro chat podcast told me about it yeah. um i know they're not on the network but hey go listen to them because i love mm -hmm. the agro chat podcast and i talk to those guys all the time um yeah yeah warden is really good so that was like the most in-depth thing i did i did a bunch of other stuff like i you know i don't usually watch tv the only time i'll do it is like if i really want to watch something or if i'm completely wiped out from work that like right. i don't have enough brain power to engage with stuff so i did a little bit of that in the last week or two um i rewatched looper because it's a ryan oh, johnson movie yeah. and i wanted to see it after i had seen um, the last jedi a few times and i liked it a lot more this time than i did the first time and i liked it the first time anyway so looper is still a really good movie if you like time travel movies or if you're interested in seeing more of ryan johnson's work yeah i really love looper it was actually the first movie i ever bought digitally because it wasn't available for rent yet on amazon and i had missed it in theater because like everything had gone wrong every time i w tried to go to the theater and i wanted to see it so badly and i when i saw it on amazon for sale i immediately bought it and stayed up late that night to watch it and i loved it and i was so glad that i bought it and so i'll go back every now and then whenever i'm just kind of browsing through amazon I'm like oh i own that and i watch it and and it never is not good except for one scene. There's one scene that I wish wasn't in it, and it's the Bruce Willis action scene, and it feels completely out of place in the movie. That just they give Bruce Willis a machine gun for just a little while. It's like it's almost like he has it written into his contract. Give me a machine gun and a room to shoot at it and to shoot it at. And that's the only part of the movie that I don't like. It just feels so out of place. That's fine. I, I thought that one was totally fine, that scene. But anyway, I like the movie, and I like time oh, travel the movie movies. Is and it's fantastic. It's a good time travel movie, too, which yep. doesn't always... Sometimes I like time travel movies, but they're not good, but I still like them. <laughs> this one, yeah. I think, is good, and I like it. So yep. um, that was nice to see that it held up on a rewatch. Uh, I also rewatched Infinity War, which it, it was... I enjoyed it less the second time. I still think it's half a story, so I don't want to, like... Right. talk about it or think about it too much more <laughs> until the second half comes out and then i can actually have complete thoughts um i watched a little bit of planet earth 2 which was really good like oh, just cool. documentary about nature um my daughter and i watched that together which was cool and then uh, i watched uh, a netflix original like it's almost a reality tv show but it's also kind of a history show it's called churchill's secret agents and hmm. it's about the soe in world war ii which were like dropped behind enemy lines and they like built up resistance cells or they were spies or like all of that kind of secret agents behind enemy lines and the reality show part comes in where they bring in like 15 people and they put them through the same training and the same qualifications and they start weeding them out until they get down to a core group that would have actually qualified for the SOE in World War II. So as they're talking about the training and the history, they're putting these people through the training and the history. And then at the very end, they give them, um, it's called like the final scheme, which is basically like 
a test mission before they would be allowed to go out into the field. So they actually do that. Wow. That sounds really cool. It was. It was really cool. And it's a Netflix original, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like six episodes, maybe seven. It's not Mm. like a 22-episode series that they drag out because they need drama and they need to fill time on American TV. It's just to the point, and then they're done, and they move on. Um, So Churchill's Secret Agents was good. I also came to the realization that I need to stop looking for new music because you and I (laughs) talked about music a while ago and the fact that like I just don't listen to music much. I know it came up in an episode and ever since we talked about that, I've been thinking about it because it's not that I dislike music, but I hate the process of finding and trying new music. So in the last couple weeks here, I have needed music as a tool to get my work done because I need Mm. to be in the zone. I'm not straight up coding, but I'm definitely doing like development and logic work where I need to like stay zoned in and like, you you know what I mean? Yes, I absolutely do. Okay. So I was just listening to Fall Out Boy on the entire, uh, is it still called a discography? Whatever, all the albums digitally. And I would just listen to it all the way through and then start it again and listen to it all the way through. And Fall Out Boy is my favorite band. They're um, so good. I love them. Like I get made fun of a lot for loving Fallout Boy, like I do, but they are great. I my, one of my favorite songs is Immortals. That just the one from uh, Big Hero Six. I just love that song. I was listening to it this afternoon. So I have come in the last like couple weeks here to embrace the fact that I am going to stop looking for new music because that way lies frustration for me. I'm going to embrace the fact that I'm just going to live in the music from my teens and early 20s forever. And if other stuff crosses my path, which it will, I'll just add it. But that's what I was doing before anyway. Um, So that mental shift has actually been really big for me because I can kind of enjoy music again without feeling like I'm missing out because I just Mm. don't care. I think that was the realization I came to. I don't care that other people listen to new stuff like I whatever. Um, And I did the same thing a while back. And that is the point at which I officially became an old man. Like it's uh, I don't care about this these kids and their newfangled music i just want the stuff i grew up with well the thing is i never did and i just realized it now in my 30s i never cared about finding new music but i felt like i needed to care when i was like with other people that did um and i just don't anymore like i i don't know something clicked in my brain after we talked about it and it was just like nagging me for weeks but i finally figured out that like i don't care about new music and i should probably stop pretending like i need to and that's been great. Um, the yeah. the other thing that I found in the last few weeks was a new podcast called Business Wars, which is really, really interesting because my mind has been in business mode a lot lately. Oh. Um, it takes like two competitors in a space and it gives kind of the history and the background and like what happened with them over time. So there was like uh, Nike and Adidas and you know, every one of these, they usually have like four to seven episodes about it, and it really covers the history of it. So there's like Nike versus Adidas, there's Hertz versus Pulitzer, there's um, there's just a ton of them out there, and they were really, really interesting. So I've been listening to those, and they're good, but the thing that I've been doing more than anything else has been playing an idle game because I have no brain power at the end of the week, <laughs> the end right. of the day, the end of the week. So I've been playing this game called idle apocalypse on my phone and it's not good but for an idle game it's pretty good um you know with like that qualification in mind i don't know why i keep playing it i've been playing it for weeks on end i think after i finally like get done with this it's not quite a sprint for work but there's a lot more work than normal for another couple weeks here yeah i'll probably delete it from my phone and never think about it again but at the moment idle apocalypse is just like the perfect game for me which is sad to say but that's the state that i'm in right now like 
what is it? It's an idle game. I mean, like I don't. They, numbers go up, and then you improve things, and the numbers go up more. And then oh. if you want, you get to the point where you like reset the whole world, but you carry some stuff with you, so the next time through it, you're even better. It's hmm. not. It's an idle game. It's you know, like you can click, you can tap on stuff, but you don't need to. You just automate right. it, and then you check in all the time. Okay. And yeah, I don't think I'd recommend it. But if you are also in need of an idle game, check that out. Oh. And the other thing uh, that I found that's a really good work tool, um, again, after you and I talked about like my use of tabs versus use using bookmarks, which I just I right. don't get people who use bookmarks, <laughs> I found this thing called the Great Suspender. Have you ever heard of it? No. It is for people like me where I have probably 50 tabs up at any given time. That's the way I operate across like two different screens and like three different windows worth of tabs. Um the Great Suspender, you can do all sorts of settings about when it will suspend tabs that you haven't clicked on in a uh, while or you haven't interacted with. And right. you can whitelist tabs so that they never go to sleep. And you can make all sorts of rules around it. And that has improved the battery life of my laptop so much in meetings throughout the day. And that's why I, I finally like went and tried it out was because I've been in – there are days where I've been nothing but meetings for like eight or nine hours. Oh, okay. Um, and like this makes it so my laptop can actually make it through those instead of me having to like put it to sleep or like really conserve my battery. So if you're interested in that, if you're a tab addict like me and you have 50 to 100 tabs open across multiple windows in Chrome all the time, go look at the Great Suspender add-on for Chrome because it's really, really good. I should probably do that because while I do use bookmarks like constantly for, for stuff I want to keep keep in mind, I have not ever, uh, I have not actually, uh, while I do use keep, while I do use bookmarks for a lot of stuff, I have, I still keep a lot of tabs open and it runs my computer hot that, that it slows down and like so much of my memory is because I have so many tabs open that that's something that I really, really need to do. Cool. That's that's all I got. I don't have anything like super exciting or super in depth outside of ESO, just because my mind has been in work. Um, yeah. Give it a couple more weeks, and then we're also going to get to the fall, and I'm going to be playing Spider Man and all sorts of other stuff. So we'll get there. But for the moment, that's kind of where I've been at. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm playing WoW. I'm doing. It's I'm it's working. the end of the summer. This yeah. kind of happens, you know. Like this is a good time for me to be too busy at work because there's not that much that I wish I could be playing. I don't feel right. like I'm missing out on the newest releases or movies or shows or anything that it's like it came out and I'm like, oh, I don't have time because I've been working so much that I can't see it. I really don't feel like that at all because we're in August and it was just July and like nothing comes out this time of year. Yeah, and and this is just one of those things like my last few months have been kind of a blur, so it's kind of nice not to really have anything that I feel compelled to do that I'm excited about the new expansion that comes out next week, but it's not something that I'm just 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 waiting on with with bated breath that that I'm just like, yeah, stuff is happening. It's like I'm just I'm just chilling. Like that is that is perfectly great for me. Yeah. Cool. Well, it was fun to talk tonight. I'm glad we got to do 3DS. We'll come up with more systems here in the future. Um, that's probably about it for tonight. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have the longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. So if you have an account for either of those or want one, go to slack.geek2geekcast.com 
or discord.geek2geekcast.com and get an invite. And while you're at geek2geekcast.com, check out the rest of our podcast network. They're awesome. For sure. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige. That's Beige with two E's. And I am once again blogging and podcasting at geekfitness.net. Yay, return to it. That's awesome. We've been Boyd and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye. 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 Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.